Oh yeah, Super Bowl Jones. Uh, yeah, that's what we got going on. Uh, yeah, uh, what's going on at Haas? Uh, it's the uh, Taz Show. Thank you for downloading this episode. Much appreciated. Got a Taz haul for you. It's going to be big. Oh yeah, we're going to need a bigger boat. As they said in a world famous movie, they said in a world famous movie in the uh, late 70s called Jaws. We're going to need a bigger boat, mate, you fuck. That's right, because this is going to be a, a lot. There's a lot of content in this particular podcast, I think. I mean, I could be wrong. I'll just give you guys a 10 minute podcast. I don't think that's going to happen, though. We got a lot here. A lot of you people have come at me with some great questions. Not good, not fair to Midland. Not men's amends, not so-so, no, awesome, really great questions, a lot of good ones Um, So, uh, as I record this, it is Super Bowl Sunday, just so you guys know Now, if you listen to this after Super Bowl Sunday, then whatever, I hope you, your team won If it was the Rams or the Pats, whoever you wanted to win uh, so I hope you're happy, and if you put a little uh, action on it, I hope you won a lot of money. So whatever. And if you if your team did the job, if you wanted the Pats to lose, or the, you know, and they they won, well then you know what am I going to tell you? If vice versa with the Rams, it's not my fucking problem. Okay. So anyway, so that's the deal. Reason why I'm bringing that up is in the wrestling podcast is because they got the WWE has the halftime heat action. So um, with that. Uh, we're going to see uh, interesting, interesting concept here. Um, so, well, it, it, that already happened as you listen to this right now. So, I can't tell you who won the match. Uh, Six Man Jones, basically. So, they're going on here with uh, with some awesome talent uh, having at it in this uh, this halftime heat. Which is it's nice to see they're bringing this back since what 2000, 1999, and they're bringing it back halftime heat. It was back then they did with the Rock and the empty, empty arena against Mankind, which was was false kind of wearing shit like that, um, which was a very cool thing and it got a lot of steam. Uh, this is a little different. Um, they're doing this uh, down in Florida at the Performance Center, at the Training Center for WWE. I like the idea. I think it's a good idea. They got, uh, you know, some. It seems like a. It's based off of the, the fight that they did at the Takeover that you really didn't see. Uh, was uh, NXT champion uh, Ch- Tommaso Ciampa and uh, uh, what's his name Gargano, North American champ, and Cole. They're going to fight uh, Velveteen Dream, Ricochet, and Black Alistair Black. That is so. Um, you know, and they got Shawn Michaels going to be on commentary, which is pretty cool. So that'll be good. And yeah, I, I, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. I mean, hopefully it's a good match. I'm sure it's going to be a good match. How could it not be with all the talent? But th- it's not about the match. It's for me. I wanted to give my opinion on this real quick. And I know several of you had questions in the task hall, which I'll address as we're going about this topic we're talking about for a second here. Um, this to me, guys, is a complete, complete fucking layup. For the WWE to do this It's it's a layup It's a, it's so it's perfect for them to do It really doesn't cost them anything Right <laughs> it's their talent that's Contracted to them Gives the talent great exposure Maybe to a different audience Because now you're opening it up to people that don't want to Watch 
uh, Maroon 5, you know, singing at the halftime show, or Big Boys, okay, Big Boy and ATL Jones and the Atlanta deal. You know, nobody, you know, maybe people don't want to see that, like me, okay. I'm gonna, you know, be on top of the halftime heat wrestling match. Okay, I'm not. I'm not gonna. You know, I, I don't care about Maroon Five. They were over like Rover in '98 or 2000. You know what I mean? Like so, or 2001, whatever year they were over. Um, yeah, I know they're great. They do nice songs. That's great. You know, I, uh, you know, hard to believe. I know all the songs. I know all of them. She's crafty, whatever, right? So, <laughs> Beastie Boys. So anyway, no, she's she she's what's not she's crafty. She, they, the Maroon Five song she knows. No, she's hard to know. Uh, what was that song? Something like girl. She knows. Um, she knows. Uh, she will be loved. That's the song. So there it is. Okay. Not to be confused, but she's crafty. <laughs> I popped myself on that. Um, so anyway, yeah. Now I, I think most of you guys and girls are going to watch the halftime heat, or you watch the halftime heat. I should say. I got to say it in past tense because this is a pod. So. Uh, Look, it's it to me. It's just it really is. It's a no brainer for WWE to do this. It makes sense. Now you also are going to give a bigger. You're going to give more of a. It's a good way to open up to a more vast audience, possibly potentially here with this. You know, so it works. You know, because you're going to get people that don't want to watch the halftime show. It's just it to me. It's very smart. I think it works. Uh, you know, it's good stuff, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think it's awesome. I really do. And 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 I hope. I hope you guys enjoy it. I think it's good, and and I hope and hopefully I should say they continue to do this more and more and more. Um, I think it's the right the right way to go. It's the right thing to do because it's like even that even if, let's say you don't watch, let's say you're someone who didn't watch. I should say the Super Bowl. So then you know what this to to you it's like. Well, I'm not a I'm not a football fan, so I don't give a shit about mainstream sports. I, I'm a wrestler fan, so hey, you're gonna give me an awesome match with six tremendously talented guys, uh, and and hey, I'm all in. This is great. This is awesome. You know, this is perfect. And and so for you, it's like wow, this is this is sick. This is cool. So you know, it, it's good. And if you notice, know, just to teach you guys a little bit something too. Um, and by the way, they're gonna have, if you it, well, you knew it. It was on halftime. It was on halftime. How are we doing? Halftime heat gimmick uh, is streaming. Was streaming on the WWE Network. So I usually that's why it's like it's funky because as I record this, it's uh, YouTube Jones to the Twitter, uh, the Facebooks. So they got it on all the stuff, right? So, um, but I want to teach you a little something real quick about that too. If you, you know, I saw it on WWE website uh, over the weekend. It said WWE halftime heat to stream. You know, during uh, stream live during uh, during the big game. You know, and stuff like that. So. See that they they you got the legalese. You can't say Super Bowl. You're not allowed. Like only certain. You know, it's it's rights. It's trademark rights and copyright rights. We do that same with sports radio. You can't just say the Super Bowl. I mean, you can, but in promotion for something that is using the Super Bowl as some kind of hook, the NFL that's there. So you just can't do that. You know. So WWE understands that, especially with. XFL uh, and coming to 2020 WWE's uh, w- I shouldn't say WWE Vince McMahon's uh, XFL You know I, I think that they uh, WWE would get a uh, <laughs> They would get a uh, cease and desist real quick From the NFL Because uh, I'm sure that Roger Goodell uh, The commissioner of the NFL Has uh, Vince McMahon's cross, crosshairs a little bit Even though I don't think he's looking at the AAF Jones or the um, or the XFL, the two spring leagues, uh, one AF starting in uh, in this in February actually, and then uh, XFL starts next year. So I don't think that Goodell and and and, uh, and the NFL are panicking over them, but 
you're not going to Vince knows you're not going to use to promote halftime heat. You're not going to use um, you're not going to use the, the words Super Bowl and then get yourself a legal letter sent to you. Instead, you use the big game, and that's what we're seeing them use. I mean, they they could say the big game uh, between the Los Angeles Rams and the Patriots, the New England Patriots. They can say that. They can name those two teams. Um, they can, but because those teams are independently owned by owners. So I know this has nothing to do with Taz Hall or wrestling. I'm just trying to teach you. Uh, not teach you. That sounds so condescending. But, hey, that's who I am. I'm a condescending fucking guy. Uh, so anyways, uh, so that's the deal. So I wanted to bring that up uh, and then get into the Taz Hall because we have a lot. There is a lot to cover in the Taz Hall. Um, you know, whatever, you know I me, mean? I don't usually do the news and shit like that. I'm not a news guy as far as wrestling news. But it comes up. News stuff comes up during the uh during the show you know organically that's me organic jones uh no shit guy as they call me so uh that's me no shit guy all right so let's go with the taz hall and by the way uh there will be a fancy dan open soon for taz hall working on it with the production team and all the five uh to six i find them left and right producers that work on a taz show and work uh, especially in these taz halls that gather up all the questions that were posed at taz talk on my Instagram and on Facebook uh, at facebook.com slash Taz Show. And by the way, <laughs> excuse me, a big thank you to all of you. I have to give you people, you people, a big thank you because I finally hit, finally hit 10,000 followers on Instagram. Taz Talk, T A Z T L K. Thank you guys. I appreciate that. No, no fancy. Bullshit here, no nothing, no drum rolls, no applause, nothing Just me telling you from my heart, thank you Thank you, thank you, and another thank you That's a big deal to me, I mean it's a little milestone, it's nice Because I haven't had my uh, Twitter, I'm sorry, the Instagram account as long as Twitter So, and for a long time I wasn't really doing much content on the Instagram Now we're putting a lot of content on the Instagram for about the past year and a half, two years, whatever it is We've been really hustling on it And it's just, you know, it's a major platform in social media Look, I hate all social media, I'm fucking sick of it all It all makes me sick to my stomach Uh, The whole gamut, the whole fucking thing, I hate it all, I really do I mean, I'm down with interacting with you people, some of you, some of you people I don't like to interact with I'm kind of joking on that one But no, I, I, but sometimes it's like, I'm just tired of, I just, I, I don't think I'm the only one right now. A lot of you listen to me like, yeah, you know what, bro? You know what, Taz, you're right. Taz, you're right. I'm sick of social media too. Fuck it, man. I'm sick of it. But for my business, I have to be on it. Otherwise, dude, if I didn't have a national radio show I co-host, that's me bragging. If I didn't have a world-renowned high-end podcast on the cusp of 700 episodes for you know it, a bragging again, I would not even fucking be on social media. How's that? Okay. Anyway, so let's go. Here we go. Let's go to Taz Hall. Enjoy it. Ah, that's nice. Just me making friends. That's what I do. So uh, anyway, uh, here we go. So we're going to we'll start with the Instagram and then uh, take a little break, and then we'll start a break. Then we'll jump into the Facebook uh, questions. And by the way, I might—I'm a little parched today. I'm, I'm a little have a little drip in the back of my esophagus, so I might end up taking more than one water break in this episode. So just be ready. Oh, right, here we go. Uh, team Quack Lock. Okay, uh, Team Q U E L O K Quack Lock. <laughs> Did you enjoy the catering food 
that was provided by WWE during your run with them. Um, actually, most of the times, yeah, I did. Uh, most of the times, I did. Um, certain venues had better food um, because a lot of times, uh, well, I shouldn't say. A lot of the times, WWE would cater the food in themselves, bring it in with their own people that prepare and stuff like that. But there was also a good chunk of venues, arenas, buildings that we went to where I guess I don't know how it worked behind the scenes with contracts, but where they, meaning the arena, would uh, supply the food and WWE would pay them. And, you know, you've heard me talk about this before. I mean, I'm not the only one who's probably mentioned it because it was unbelievable. Uh, in, in the building in Milwaukee uh, In Milwaukee, Wisconsin it, The best catering ever I mean, every, I've said this a lot of times Every fucking time I would go to that building to work A lot of us felt like we were going to a wedding I mean, that's how nice the catering was It was like, wow, this is amazing So <laughs> so everything else paled in comparison to that um, But no, a lot of times Too, uh, with some of the buildings Like if we were working in, I don't know uh, Baltimore, you know, with, you, you know Or the D.C. area, you know, especially Baltimore They'd be like local cuisine that was kind of over like Rover, like crab. Like we'd get crab there or, you know, a lot of times in New York at the Garden or in Jersey, like in the Tri-State area. uh, Or at times in Nassau Coliseum, it'd be good, like Italian food maybe. Uh, Like I know there are different Parmesan dishes at at several, like chicken parm was a popular one. Um, And the thing with the catering, the cool thing with WWE, they always would have full gamut of, you know, no matter, you know, carbs, you know, being rice pasta whatever uh maybe like i said a chicken palm or like a beef goulash or like a steak or something or a fish dish and then they'd have a real ultra clean section too always there was always trays of grilled chicken the straight grilled chicken dry jones dry jones dry ass city and maybe it's like plain baked potatoes and then they have a station where you could put sour cream butter scallions or have it dry so at times when i was eating real clean i would spend my time in that clean area like a lot of the guys and girls did in wwe but it's not just the wrestlers who eat the WWE catering. It's also, you know, the announcers, the referees, and the production crew, the writers, the McMahons, everybody. Like so, so the production guys and girls, they 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 get to the arenas very very early to, to prep the building. So they have breakfast set up and everything too. Um, so they have like a full gamut of everything. And most of them, no no diss on any. Most of those folks are eating full. Hearty meals they're not looking at fucking grilled chicken You know so <clears throat> You know because they're, they're working their asses off And they're not taking their shirts off and running around on TV In their underwear you know what I mean so <laughs> So they don't have to worry about eating too clean A lot of them and they'd also have a beautiful Coffee station which is nice And a little dessert station which is always Nice so But you gotta be careful Don't go Near the, the dirt the, the dirt. Take two don't go near the dessert table if Vince McMahon is in the catering room. You always, I'd have my head in the swivel like, where's Vince at? Look around, and you had to be careful, like, you know, sometimes Stephanie, if she was around, like, oh, man. You know, because she might, you know, she might say, oh, you know, because she always kept herself in great shape. She still does. So, like, oh, man, I just want a, just a little bit of caramel on this ice cream. Be nice. A little extra caramel. Uh, a little hot butterscotch, and you'd have to keep your head in a swivel. Where's Vince? He's outside. He's about to ring doing a rehearsal. <laughs> oh yeah, buddy. Let's put some Heath crunched up on this fucking butterscotch vanilla Sunday, motherfucker. Yeah, buddy. Hey, I'm working on whatever. I'm working on Jack tonight. I don't give a fuck. 
I'm going to pull an extra 1,500 calories. Yeah, I'm wearing a singlet. I don't give a shit. I don't have abs anyway. Anyway, catering was, catering was always really good in WWE. But catering in TNA, eh, sometimes it was really good, and then it was like drop city. Sometimes it wasn't. There was even times in TNA where you had to have a fucking ticket. Like they did a gimmick where like certain people were allowed to eat at certain times. The production crew would eat at certain times. It was really weird. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I hated that. Like, get out of my way. I'm not giving you a ticket. I'm going to eat. I'm fucking working. Fuck off. Get out of here. So, you know, you work in WWE long enough, and the way catering is always open. And the cool thing, too, and even in TNA, like you want to get in, get a cup of coffee during the day or whatever, you feel like something, a cup of hot tea or whatever, um, the catering's always there. Now, they don't, they don't always have the food out. They'll have a lunch thing, then they'll have a dinner thing. What a lot of wrestlers would do in TNA and WWE with catering is you'd ask for like a styrofoam container and give me something for later on so after I'm done working, I could eat it because the catering would shut down during the show, you know, most of the time. You know what I mean? It wasn't open, you know, till 11 p.m. So you wanted to always have, especially the guys and girls that are trying to eat, you know, five, six meals a day, smaller meals to keep their protein intake high and the caloric intake at the right level. So, but anyway, good question, Team Quack Clock. On, uh, did I enjoy the catering? Yes, I did. I think I gave you a full answer on that. All right, the uh, Norataska. Yeah, the Nortara Ascot on uh, Taz Talk. I might have butchered the name. Uh, not all top talent of the every of every era can compete in every era. Tongue twister Jones. Which wrestler can stand the test of time and compete in any era of wrestling? And he put in parentheses HPK, Randy Savage, Angle are a few that come to mind. Okay, good question, and I think you nailed uh, three of probably definitely the top that that I would say too between you know Savage, Kurt Angle, uh, HPK. I totally agree. Uh, like in in their prime, they could have you know crossed over to this this current era or or even eras of beforehand. Um, I would think that I would say Ricky Steamboat would be in that. I would say Bret the Hitman Hart would be in that. I mean, there's a lot of guys to be honest, and 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 some girls. There there are a lot of talent. It's not just, you know, five, six, you know, people. Um, I definitely think you could add to your short list uh, Steamboat, Ricky Steamboat for sure. Ricky Steamboat, uh, obviously Ric Flair is, well, Ric Flair, yeah, I think he could. He was just amazing on the mic. Uh, His in-ring style was a a little bit, you know, and I love the way it worked, but kind of a classic style, kind of a classic American style. So it might have been a little different in an ultra-high-speed athletic style that you see sometimes today. Um, I, I think that's where you're going there at the Narata Ascot. Uh, you need to really get a simple name because that name's tough to really. It's not marketable, sir. So, uh, but I I do think that you you know I would assume where you're going with this and what your question is. I and I would I feel like the right feel for me would be someone that can bring it to a high end athletic level. Uh, I think Sabu's a guy that definitely. Could have uh, could could excel in era, any era in his prime. I think Rob Van Dam's a guy that can sell. I mean, maybe I'm biased with, with some of these because they're ECW originals, but those two cats I definitely think could. 
Uh, I think with all the suplexing today, I, I probably could probably could get over pretty good in this day and era. Uh, they and in era, you know, I mean, you know, the WWE markets and promotes suplexing and Suplex City and all these guys doing dangerous suplexes. And all I did when I did that shit was I was told, "Don't do it. You're gonna get in trouble and you get heat and you don't, you know, you, they don't want to book you with no one." So <laughs> now it's different. Um, but yeah, no, it's a good question. But I do think that. Um, some of the names I gave you there, and there's more. There's a whole bunch. I mean, I, I if I had to really sit and write a list of talent, I mean, NWA uh, or WCW, whatever you want to call it, had a, a bunch of awesome talent that definitely could have worked today with no problem in this day and, and era. Um, I, I think that what we're seeing is the massive mammoth humans that we saw during the 80s and 90s in wrestling. Um, especially WWF style guys, it, you don't see that as much today. If they are, they got to be athletic, you know. So you see a Braun Strowman, obviously, but look at Baron Corbin. He's a big, huge guy, but he's not heavy, so he keeps his weight lean, so he can work a faster style. And he's also very athletic for a you know very tall guy. Um, but Baron Corbin now is like you know unique. In this day and era of the WWE, but back in the eighties, mid to eight late eighties, there were you know tw- not twenty, but you know ten guys in a locker room, eleven guys in the locker room that were the same size as Baron Corbin. Maybe they didn't have his crazy beard or his hair, but they were built like him. I mean, there's, there's there were tons of guys that size and thickness, and that moved like him. You know, he's athletic for his size, but I'm just saying. So now we got a thing where when you're hugely big and thick and massive and all this shit, now you're in the minority where back in the day you were in the majority. You know, where years ago, the smaller guy that was athletic, that wasn't as tall, was in the minority. Now that is the majority. So there you have it. All right. So (laughs) good question. Next one is uh, the Gauls Band. Uh, Taz, your opinions. And the way you cover wrestling slash sports are slash sports are real, honest and unfiltered. Uh, yes, they are, sir. Thank you for observing that. The only other platform that does that does this, in my opinion, is Barstools. Could you ever see yourself doing a collaboration with them in any way? All right, thank you for the question, sir. You know, I've um, it's interesting. Yeah, I'm very familiar with Barstools. I'm a fan of their content. And all the stuff they've done, the way they cover sports and what they do, and Prez with the the pizza reviews, and he's the guy who owns the company and runs it. And uh, you know, I've had very light talks with them to pull the curtain back a couple of years ago. Um, you know, about some different things that didn't come to fruition, but that happens a lot in business. But yeah, I do think that we would have we w- we would have probably a similar audience to to a degree. They're a big company, and they they've grown and rapidly, and they're very you know. Dave Portnoy, who owns it and runs it, he's a smart guy from up in Boston, knows what he's doing. Michigan grad, um, you could tweet him, tell him I put him over, you know what I mean? But uh, the prez there, but yeah, he does a great job uh, with, with that whole company. Um, yeah, do I see myself ever doing a collaboration with them? I mean, I, I'd be down with it, sure, I'd be great. They don't need me though. I mean, geez, they're they're doing great. They they flourish in in every facet and. Covering sports and and what they do, they they have they 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 just they, you know they have a they have a big big group based in in New York City and they do a great job. I mean, actually, where I do Taz and the Moose, uh, we're in Lower Manhattan. I think they're based not far from us, uh, a little 
a little closer to Midtown Manhattan they are, but so we're not even that far where they work and where I do the show, uh, the show for CBS Sports Radio, the Daily Sports Show. So, yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. I mean, t- I mean, I'm giving you an answer, but I'm not. I mean, I, could I see myself doing a collaboration with that? Yeah, I'd be interested for sure. Like I said, we've talked in the past lightly. Um, I've talked to some of the people there behind the scenes. Never talked to Portnoy, but um, but others, and it, it never got to him as the guy who owns the thing and runs the thing for the most part, right? Um, but yeah, no, I, I'd I'd be down with that. I, I don't think it'll ever happen. I mean, they're just they they don't need me. Like I said, I mean, I don't think they need me. But but yeah, no, I I, I appreciate that. It's a compliment because I know Boston's is exactly that. They're unfiltered. They're um. You know they're they're in your face. They 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 cover they cover shit the way the average guy or girl would see it. There's no there's no bullshit. You know there's no they're not. You know look they had a deal with ESPN. They would they were going to have a show on ESPN, and that would it last? I could be wrong. And it's a day, and then because they kind of they went their own way. That'd be like me with WWE. If I was doing a tag show on a WWE network, that the shit wouldn't last. You know more than a week. You know, so it just because I couldn't do the Taz show the way the Taz show was done when I was daily or how I podcast, it just wouldn't be possible. Other cats that we've seen do stuff with WWE that have been successful in podcasting or cover the business, not saying they're not credible, but when you go and you work close with WWE, you have to do it a certain way. You can't be unfiltered. I, I just, I would be, you know, it'd be tough to do that for me. Because I have strong feelings about things negatively or positively when I watch a match or a show or talk about a talent or a promotion, no matter if it's WWE or anybody else. And now I just couldn't, you know, I was in that world where I was micromanaged and I had to have their slant when I was under contract to, to them or TNA. But now being out on my own for so long, because it's been a long time now, I've been out on my own and I, I'm blessed. Thanks to you guys, I've been successful. Uh, outside on my own uh, Doing content covering wrestling And sports um, It'd be super tough for me to go and, and be you know handcuffed And to be micromanaged And to have their slant instead of being My true agenda and, and, and opinions um, And I think that's where Barstools to your point D. Giles man Barstools and Taz could be a great marriage Because they're the same way They don't give a fuck They're just a big They're just But they're a They're a big pl- uh, A big company that, That's just growing more and more And they um, They go at everybody They go at the NFL they, they Roger Goodell I mean they go They go at everybody If you You know in, Especially in sports But anyway Yeah I appreciate it It's a nice uh, Nice compliment I, I, I don't know if you meant that as a compliment But I, I took it as a compliment So thank you uh, Cassandra Kelly, ah, yes, Cassandra Kelly Jones, right? So, uh, do you think the halftime heat will become a yearly event now? Uh, thank you for all the free lunch. Yes, Cassandra. Uh, do I think? Yes, I do. I do think it'll, it'll become every year now. Why wouldn't it? You know, it's just like I said earlier. It just makes sense, right? They, they it's, it's, you know, they, they, they stream it. Don't cost them to do, especially doing the performance center. You know, you're not paying. Rent in a fucking building It's your building You own it It's a layup This don't cost them a dime And It could just build You know It could build their network It could help their talent You're gonna give them a great match They have so much great talent It don't matter what they do How cool would it be Right Just pretend Just Offer your question Cassandra Cassandra Just pretend on halftime heat Let's say next year For argument's sake They do it in the performance center again 
Yeah, this is me, again, free consulting advice as usual to WWE. Tell me if this would not be cool. Rhetorical question because you can't come back at me. How cool would it be to see, I don't know, hypothetically, Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins one-on-one in the Performance Center down in Orlando, halftime of the Super Bowl, next Super Bowl, right? Two big mega stars having a great match in a training center streaming live. That would be sick. That'd be awesome. So I do think they'll do that. They don't have to go with the talents that that's in the NXT. Uh, I think this is good. They're using the guys from NXT, but I'm just saying that would be cool to see you would have a Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks in one of the Super Bowl halftime things from the performance center, the performance center doing it. There is like I said, it don't cost them anything. It's smart. It helps build their brand even more. Um, there's no rent. There's no overhead, you dude. There's nothing. It's just, it's you know, when they did it in '99 and have in in uh, what do you call it, false kind anywhere in an empty arena, you know what 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 uh, uh, Mick Foley and and Rock or Mankind and Rock, um, they had to pay for that building. They had to pay rent. I don't remember the building. I, I don't. I'm sorry. I, you, I'm sure you guys know. I, I don't know. But because they but they didn't make any money on the building. There was nobody in the building. That was the bit. That was the gimmick. So they make no money. And they knew that, but they wanted to. It was a smart thing they did then. I think this was either right when they became a public company or right around when they became a public company in 99, because that's when I signed my contract then. I know it was right around that time um, when I signed with WWE. So, yeah, I, they, they knew they weren't going to. Vince knew then he wasn't going to make money because it's a fucking empty building. He did it because it was a cool gimmick. It got attention. It was. Um, it was uh, halftime of the Super Bowl, so it worked, you know. And he he didn't give a shit. He took it on. He took it on the chin that it was an empty arena, and he's not going to make money on the gate or concessions because there's nobody there. Now, different story, right? It's not even. It's not about making money, right? So now it's about you know it, you have your network. You're getting you're getting maybe eyes on a network. You know, uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I, again, this is past tense. You, the Super Bowl happened. Maybe they bought some airtime. Uh, in the first half of of the, the Rams Pats, I'm not sure. Again, you listen to this. Uh, this is recorded before the Super Bowl, so I don't know what kind of commercials there were. <clears throat> so maybe they spent a bunch of coin there to tell people at halftime, don't watch. You know, Maroon Five sing and Big Boy uh, do his little hip hop stuff. You know, go over to uh, go over to WWE Network, Free Trial Jones, whatever, and watch watch a cool wrestling match for a few minutes. You know what I mean? Um, with some great talent. You know. It's just smart. It works. It's a good, good, good move. Um, but you know, going into this, it's not about making money. It's about exposure and giving your fan base something different too. Like I said earlier, it's not just about the football fan because there's a lot of you guys out there that are wrestling fans that don't give a shit about football. So you're not watching Super Bowl. So maybe instead of going, I don't know, to the movies or going to a diner because there's really not a lot on TV when the Super Bowl's on. Like maybe you're like, ah. Let's hang home and let's watch. Uh, let's watch. Uh, you know, a great six man match. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of different ways to go into it. <laughs> so I mean, it's it's just there is so much. They're just coming in nonstop. The questions are nonstop here. Thank you, Cassandra Kelly. Very nice. Uh, very good question. Okay, Chino underscore Banks. Got it. Got to take a water break shortly. Uh, with two pay per views before Mania. Is starting to build for Rock versus Seth and Becky versus Ronda too early? Uh, flat out, no. Uh, it's never too early to build towards a big show and a big main event or main events, whatever's last. 
No, it, it's not Chino underscore Banks. No, I don't think it is at all. I, at all, I should say. I don't. Um, yeah, there's story arcs. There's times where you want to inject and start to promote things. But no, just... It, I had had no problem if they were if they were promoting it, you know, two months before now. I have no problem with it. Um, you know, I think that look, I, you're talking to a guy here. You're listening to a guy, I should say that that was in uh, one of the biggest angles that we did ever in ECW's history with me and Sabu, where it was built up for one solid year until we met uh, at Bailey Legal in, in the mid nineties, ninety five. So that shit was built up for a year. We didn't touch. There was no physicality amongst both of us for one year. And that shit worked. So, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I got no problem with a Chino underscore Banks. Good question, and I thank you, sir. Okay, uh, Loney Face, uh, Lochi Face, that's his name on Instagram, Lochi Face. Do you buy munchkins for moose on Fridays? No, I don't. For those that don't know, munchkins are little round balls that are donuts from a place called Dunkin' Donuts, Free, free Plug Jones. Now, I don't buy moose anything, okay? And he don't buy me nothing. We go, we do the show, and that's it. And I see him the next day. All right, the real Bu Glilden, the real Bo Gilden. Man, people just have these names that are just tough. Do you think WWE is trolling us with all the heat and possible departures? Well, I mean, trolling could could be happening for sure. Um, there's definitely something fishy going on. This whole thing with, especially with the you know with the Dean Ambrose, there's something that's not kosher for me with it. There's something not right. I've talked about it. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't I don't think that the, the the short answer is no. I don't think they're trolling the fan base. I think WWE is too busy to do that <laughs> and they know how important fans are online and stuff like that and they know how important the fans are obviously but i, I don't think they're gonna put oxygen in that kind of uh, uh you know uh, fuel you know i don't think they're gonna do that um because they don't have time for it um now if you call trolling you know working you then yeah then they're trolling you i mean meaning you are also whoever if they're working the audience about this angle um yeah, it could be. Uh, it, it could be that they're, they're doing it as far as that work. And I, said, I talked about that in the last podcast. I think we need a little more time here for me anyway to see what's going on. Um, you know, look, Dean Ambrose is, from what I understand, he's, from what I've heard, he's booked he's booked on house shows and TVs and stuff. So, you know, he's not advertised for Raw, okay? So I didn't. last I looked at the thing, that he's not advertised for Raw, which is smart for them because it makes it feel more like a shoot. You know, um, if he shows up on Raw and does something, yeah, it's going to be more intriguing. You know, um, it's going to help his star power the more they have him on TV, too. So I don't want to say too much right now. I'll get into that as we see what happens on Raw. I'm recording this before Raw. Okay, but thanks for the question. Gunner45718, that's a simple name. Okay, uh, Taz, uh, who would you have liked to wrestle that was around during your prime but never had a chance to compete against? Hashtag Taz Hall. All right, good question, Gunner. Um, I mentioned mentioned this a while back. I, I would say Bret Hart. You know, I've never wrestled Bret Hart, and we were in our prime at the same time. He was a huge star, obviously, and a great, great worker and a great wrestler. Um. I would have loved to work with Brett in my prime while he was in his prime. I think it would have been uh I think it would have been a really good match. I think our styles would have gelled well together. Um but Brett Hart is the off the top of my head is the person that I would have to say to you that I would uh I would have enjoyed working with. 
um for sure okay uh what else we got here uh where are okay pam broso how far out from a big event in parentheses wrestlemania does the creative team start developing angles slash storylines slash matches when is that knowledge shared with the talent Keep up stellar show and stay hydrated. Equal water break Jones. Oh, it's coming. Um, yeah, great question, uh, Pama Brasso. So yeah, uh, or it's maybe Pam Brasso. Okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> so here's the thing. Uh, okay, they they start doing their their storylines, story arcs for where things are going to peak at Mania very early. That happens very early. A lot of times. From what I understood when I was there Now things could have changed a little But it was a lot of times Six to eight months out of Wrestlemania you know, More towards the eight month um, Because it takes time to build certain talents To where you need them Or the angle to where you need them And the angles start getting planted in the ground Before you know it So that's, that's the real intricate stuff Now the, the really cool part of your question is you know, like what, when is the knowledge shared with the talent? So wh- when do they tell the wrestlers? That's that's a great question. Okay, and I know the answer. <laughs> and and the answer is they don't share it until like really when it's close to, you know, before they tell you guys the audience. Um, they don't. Um, most of the times they don't. They they really don't unless it's like a top top talent. That they really trust and that's been with them a long time And drawing a lot of money for them Then then they'll tell them So that's where the question you're asking is a little bit Not skewed But a little tough to answer Because it depends on what level talent you're talking about There's a lot of wrestlers that you, As you guys know that wrestle on Wrestlemania So uh, If you are whatever you know, During his complete prime And top you know, Undertaker you know, He knew he knew way before you, the audience. But if you were a mid-card wrestler that was doing really well, you know, or an opening match kind of earlier card wrestler, you didn't find out a lot of times till you know, you know, maybe once the angle started to be pushed, you know, on TV, and then the audience would figure it out. So that could be three, four weeks, five weeks, you know, give or take, right? I mean, it's, there's no firm answer on it, but... You know, uh, anyway um, Oh, The Rock is back Ah, yes, my man Uh, Hey, Taz, we all know you are a big mock for the Big Brother reality show Yes, I am But what I'd like to know is what are your favorite shows to watch? Netflix slash Hulu Jones Thanks for all that you do Okay, thank you, my man I appreciate it, Rock Uh, Rocky Patel Jones Yes, so I, I'm not, you know, I'm kind of a, I guess a little bit of a dinosaur with the Hulu and the Netflix. I know my kids big into the, these things. My, my wife too. She watches a lot of stuff. Um, all the streaming shit. I don't. I'm. I watch so much sports. Uh, I have to. I'm constantly watching live sports because that's what I do every day for a living. So I have to be frank. I don't have time to watch a lot of that stuff. So I do watch Big Brother. Um, uh, obviously during the summertime, I, that's probably one of the only shows I watch. And the only thing I do watch. I think it's on Netflix. I don't think it's Hulu. I think it's Netflix. Is uh, Seinfeld's gimmick? The comedians and cars getting coffee. Uh, that I watch, but I watch them in clusters. I'll watch like five, three in a row, five in a row, you know, six in a row. Me and my wife. I'm a huge Jerry Seinfeld mark for a lot of years. So, uh, 
Um, anyway, so yeah, that's the deal. So I don't usually watch, to be honest with you, a lot of the stuff. And I'm not knocking those those streaming services. They're amazing. I know that. I, I'm familiar with them, obviously. Uh, I, have, I have multiple Apple TV Jones. I got Apple TVs all over the fucking place. I'm always watching Apple TVs, but I'm watching. I'm not watching this shit. I'm watching like maybe I'm catching up on some sports stuff, or you know, I'll watch WWE Network, obviously on on the Apple TV Jones. But I always see, ah, oh, this Netflix, yeah, it's over like Rover. I know it is. I got it. But I'm not, you know, that's the only thing I really watch on there is, is the, the comedians and cars getting coffee with Seinfeld. Uh, thanks for the question, Rock. Appreciate it. All right, drums underscore number one, uh, N-O-1, that is. What does the future hold for Dean Ambrose? Well, let's just get into this a few seconds ago. I, I don't know, man. Um, it's a little, like I said, I'm being frank with you. It's a little early to say right now. Not really sure. Uh, not really sure. We have to wait and see. I, 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 there's still a part of me that feels like there's something for Gazy with this. And I, I, you know, if you didn't hear the last podcast before this one, go listen to it. I get more in depth with it. If anybody out there hearing me right now, I just, I just feel like there's, there's more going on here. Uh, I really do. Um, uh, maybe it's not the case, but I, my, my instincts are telling me that, that this, this smells a little bit like a work to a degree. Um, he's definitely, Ambrose is definitely going to do something with, It seems for sure With Nia Jax And and if he really is leaving She's not getting the better of him I'm sorry, he's not getting the better of her, I should say um, I also do think that Somehow, someway, somehow Soon uh, Triple H is going to get his receipt on Dean Ambrose That's, he's not going to Trust me Because uh, he got punked out, Triple H did By Dean in that in-ring f- Promo segment last week I can assure you that Triple H is going to get the better of him somehow, some way. It's not going to end like that. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, uh, just uh, I'm parched. I mean, there's no other way to put it. I'm sitting out here spitballing. I got more to do. I'm not even done with the Instagram questions. And I still got to do the Facebook ones. But a man can't work when his fucking tongue feels like like sandpaper. So it's time for a little water break. Give me a second. Hold on. Big cup. Hang on. All right, so uh, all right, we'll be back. Outside, I'll get into more of the Instagram, and then we'll go to Facebook. Very busy here. Taz Show, sit tight, Jarvis. All right, Haas, we're back here. Taz Show. Tassel Jones for you And we're uh, going to keep going with some of these Instagram ones here Very uh, Very interesting Hold on Actually going to have something cool for you Before I do that we just, I just got Brian just sent over I just got it here And he just sent me a message That we're going to play something for you guys Real quick before I was going to take a little tiny little break We're going to play a little blast from the past Jones And I might uh, have you guys hear this during podcast now, it's just uh, interrupting the task hall for a second. I think a lot of you guys are going to like this. So this is, uh, <laughs> all right, well, for those of you that know, you know, this is something that's very old, 
but very fucking cool. Check this out. From the Red Hook section of Brooklyn, New York. He's a three-time world heavyweight champion who ruled by intimidation. Me if you can survive if I let you. Taz would pick up guys nearly twice his size and drop them on their head. He is a human suplex machine. Nonsense New York swagger to the podcast world. This is Taz. The mood is about to change. The human podcast machine. Ah, yeah. So, see, that's for you newer listeners of my content. That's what this show used to be called. It was the human podcast machine when I first started, probably, I don't know, four years ago. So, yeah. So, uh,. You know, Crying Brian found the gimmick, and I just thought it'd be cool to play that for some of you newbies and for some of the uh, old school Taz Show fans. Like, ah, yes, we know what that is. Yeah, human podcast machine. That's what I was, bitches. Still am, right? Think about that. Still am. Still am, I should say. And you know what? If you liked it, send a little message over at the uh, IG, the Instagram Taz Talk, or on Twitter. and Tell me, hey, Taz, I really thought that was cool. You know, well, you know what, Taz? I don't give a shit about your old open. All right. <laughs> I'd rather you not give me the heel one, but if you want to be a heel, fine. Um, probably good chance you're not getting a quote retreat on that or even acknowledged. Uh, that's how that goes. All right. So back to uh, work here because I need people don't want to hear anything else I have to say except wrestling related questions. All right. So, um, Pat, take two. That was, that was weird. Okay. Take two. Pat the Hitman Hart. It's funny. Just talked about your brother, Brett. Uh, Should wrestling add more matches with enhancement talents, excuse the inside terms in parentheses, in order to make the TV main events more special? We see... Uh, we seem to see the same matches on TV, which leaves pay-per-views a bit stale at times. Pat the Hitman Hart, I agree with you a thousand percent. And I mean that sincerely. A lot of stuff. It's unfortunate for these guys and, and gals that are working hard for WWE um, in the ring. A lot of the stuff is stale. I agree. And it's not the talent's fault. It's the booking. And it's just a lot of the same stuff. I am a believer in going old school with enhancement talent in the ring. And it, it does a lot of things. Okay. When you have enhancement talent in the ring, what happens is. It really, it's just crazy. Like, I just, you know, I, I do this stuff here, and like, as I'm about to say what I'm going to say, I know, like, I'm educating folks that don't know. And then, like, every Tom, Dick, and Harry has a podcast, and guys who didn't, you know, and then here I am spitballing for free for everybody, and no one has to pay. <laughs> and I'm and I'm getting deep in the woods in this, which I, I and I hate it because then I have I want to back up, I want to backtrack. But that's why I tell you guys, all I ask you for is subscribe to the show and spread the word to your friends that are wrestling fans or family members, and go to Pro Wrestling Tees slash T A Z and buy a fucking T shirt. I don't ask you for nothing else. I mean, I'm giving you guys a lot of shit here. I got to be honest with you, okay? Really, I really am. I give you a lot of shit here. Meanwhile, Pat the Hitman Hart's like, just answer the question, bro. I don't really give a fuck about your T-shirts. All right, so here's the thing. I'm a believer in the enhancement talents 
it worked years ago It's a little different now The fan base is a lot more educated to the business So they understand this They know that And and I think WWE should embrace that Or other companies And it's you know, we see it once in a rare time But one of the this is what I stopped myself From getting frustrated about a second ago That I'm getting frustrated at myself About saying stuff So what happens is One of the key things With spotlighting a star Against an enhancement talent Is you get to establish the star's finishing move It really establishes a newcomer into the company's finish Um, Because you could just have he or her Pin a guy or make someone tap On a regular basis If it's enhancement talent Because it's not going to you know, hurt the enhancement talent And it's not going to hurt Because the enhancement talent's not even begun to be made yet so I do agree with this You do see a little bit of this type of mindset With a pushed star against an enhancement talent in NXT Triple H, to his credit, utilizes this mindset to a degree The enhancement talent, though, gets a good amount of offense And usually looks like a star And 9 out of 10 times it's someone that ends up getting pushed Which I've talked a long time ago about on the Taz show It's so impressive the way that happens The way Triple H books that Very impressive that he's able to have someone debut And get beat or tapped or pinned quick or whatever And then a few weeks later this person's getting a push And people are buying in It's very impressive it's really impressive, and it's a, it's re- refreshing booking. I, I I have to tip my cap to Triple H and his team with NXT. They do do a great job with that. Seriously, don't be afraid to tell him I put him over too. How about that? Along with Dave Portnoy, tell these people, okay? Mark Valencia, eighty-seven. All right, hey Taz, first time, long time. Here's my question, lol. How would you book Elias for WrestleMania? It seems. A lot of people are complaining about him doing an angle with Jeff Jarrett Without realizing he's actually getting the rub from Double J Love your show, been listening for a long time uh, since the Edge episode Keep up the good work, good work, sir, thank you Okay, so Mark Valencia 87, here's the deal, right? Um, First off, I don't agree with you that he's getting the rub, Elias, from Jeff Jarrett I don't, and I love Jeff, I put Jeff over my last podcast But you know, Jeff Jarrett was in his prime when I was, so a lot of people don't remember Jeff Jarrett. These younger cats and kids or girls, whatever guys watching and that like uh, Elias, they they a lot of them don't remember who Jeff Jarrett is. I know he's in the WWE Hall of Fame. I know that. I respect Jeff. I love Jeff. I don't think that's true. I don't think they're doing this to give him Elias the rub from from, from Jarrett. I don't think that's the case at all. I think the whole angle, the whole thing is to build Elias And and Jeff, along with Road Dog, is helping with that And they know their role in this is to get over Elias It's not about a rub, it's not a rub It's just, in a little, it's just something else cool for Elias to do With the whole guitar singing thing, the, the parallels with the characters That's that's all that is It's not. I So I know you didn't ask the question, do I think that Elias is getting the rub from Jeff, but I you you saying that Mark Valencia eighty seven like it's a fact you you're that he's getting the rub that you're saying fans don't realize that Elias is getting the rub you you I believe you're incorrect on that. Um, how would I book him uh, Elias for WrestleMania? If I don't have him in the match, I'm fine, but I'd have him on the show as in an appearance. He's an attraction. 
Elias has become an attraction. Okay, so it don't matter who he wrestles. I don't care when he wrestles. I don't. I don't care if he's a champion. I really don't. But when I see him on that stool with a spotlight over him and I hear that catastrum, I am Elias, whatever his first line is, I forgot it. I pop. I'm in. I'm watching because he's entertaining. He's he is a very entertaining guy. I actually like the way he plays guitar. I think I like his taste in music too. Some Grunge Jones, but once he starts getting into the wrestling end of things, I'm not disrespecting guy. He's become a good worker. I don't care though. I don't. I'm just giving my opinion. So for WrestleMania, if I'm booking it, I'd have him. Maybe start the show and, and and maybe start the show In the middle of the ring And, and you know, do his, his gimmick You know, and uh, and then have someone come out Maybe bump him and get into a, ma- not, a match Not with him, do something I you know, I couldn't tell you right this second But I would have him just have, make an, an appearance I, And I think, in my opinion It reminds me of the Sandman in ECW Sandman was an attraction You know, he had a m- major Impact on on the show Whenever his entrance his music would blast The Metallica into Sandman And he'd come out with the Singapore cane And he'd come out fucking cracking beers And going crazy with a lot of you people In the audience and, and it was a fucking Mosh pit it was a party man it was fucking Crazy and then once the match started like I don't want to say no one cared but it was like Alright well you know he's he's an Amazing entrance he's an amazing performer Sandman and that's And it's like not the you know I mean maybe it's Harsh to say I don't care but like I'm just saying, like I, I don't. I, it's like Sandman became a star because of the character, you know, the character that 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 he portrayed and that how he how good he was at the character. Well, I think that's the same thing. And there's others, not just not just Elias, not just Sandman. There's others that are like that. I mean, I can't think of the top of my head, but Sandman popped into my head right away. But so that's my take on that whole thing with Elias. Um, anyway, David Branfield, right, do you think Gronk will become a wrestler? Um, uh, when he retires from the NFL And do you think he would be any good Okay so uh, for those that don't know Gronk is Rob Gronkowski The tight end big huge guy He's like 6 foot 7 uh, Veteran uh, for the New England Patriots uh, You know 87 Jones He's a big star in the NFL uh, So anyway uh, yeah I know he flirted around But then I saw rumors that he's not going to be Part of WWE anytime soon uh, I read something I don't know last week about that um, I don't think I I it's, I shouldn't say it like that because I don't know for sure So it's kind of rude I don't feel like he would be um, He's athletic obviously He's big as hell He's strong uh, He's got a lot of charisma uh, I, I don't care if he's in the NFL, if he's in WWE I, I don't think WWE needs him I don't think WWE fans really care Um I don't think he's going to be uh, If he maybe makes an appearance Like something, you know, something like here at an event um, I don't think he'd be any good either. I hate to be a, a douche, but I'm just just being honest. I just have to be honest. I, I don't. I don't. I just. I'm indifferent about him. I don't even know why I answered your question, David, but I did because I'm a nice person. Okay. All right. Uh, Caro nine eighty seven. With both the women and tag team divisions being uh, light on talent w- w- on both shows, would you think if they put all the women on one show and all the tag teams on the other show, nah, I don't, I, I, I don't listen. I don't have a problem 
what how they're doing it that much right now. I haven't delved into the, the women's tag team stuff right now too much. I know it's awesome, it's great what they're doing. But as far as the women's division with the two shows, I think it's fine. I, I honestly I do. Um I you know, I yeah, I I I I'll I gotta pay attention more to the tag team women's. I know the new title that they got, you know, the whole thing. I, I know I, I think I just read that the iconics are in the thing now, which is I'm big fans of those two girls. I think they're great. Uh, we'll see. SLW4836. Do you agree that Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch should close the show at WrestleMania? Yeah, I do. Um, I do. I think it's refreshing. I think it'd be great. Um, I think that Becky can carry Ronda through a good match. Lord knows they got enough steam on the fucking angle on social media. Becky's been great. And um, Ronda Rousey is obviously a big enough star. And I think you. You know, you end it, especially putting that title on Becky, I think would be gold. If if you're going to have Ronda go over, then no, don't finish the show with it. It'd be a great moment, um, you know, to have uh, right there uh, in the big stadium in Jersey that, you know, uh, to have Becky standing there in the middle of the ring on the ropes or whatever, holding that, that, that championship in the air to a fallen Ronda Rousey. I think that'd be tremendous. And that's where uh, that's I would have him end up with that match. I have no problem with that match uh, being the last match. I really don't. Um, AGM Chug. Will the WWE ever create a Hall of Fame? You can visit best location for it. <clears throat> I do think they will. I'm mean, geez. I, I feel like I've been talking about this for years. I've mentioned it a long time ago on the Taz show here or the human podcast machine, whenever that was that long ago. Um, there's so much like there's, was so much talk back then I heard Vince McMahon my own ears say more than once in meetings on his plane I've heard it that you know that that he definitely wants to they they want they want to open it up they want I've heard I'm just telling you I've heard it (laughs) so that's on their mind I gotta tell you I don't know what the holdup is and Lord knows they got the money Lord knows there's plenty of places you could put it where would I put it I think the, a lot of the scuttlebutt has been, which is probably where it's going to go, would be Orlando. It's the vacation capital of the world with Disney World and all that shit. And you got the Performance Center there, and maybe they're waiting for a building. Or so, I've never been to Performance Center. I've been to Orlando a billion times. But maybe there's a building, like a bigger building they want, or maybe there's a piece of land they want, and they want to do it right next to the Performance Center. Maybe they're waiting on that to be available that they could purchase it. That could be the holdup. You know what I mean? Could be. Uh, but yeah, I think there will be eventually a Hall of Fame that you can visit. Maybe they'll look waiting to build. They don't have enough bust that they want to put in there and plaques and all that stuff. There's a lot of people in the WWE uh, Hall of Fame that before they made this a thing on 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 streaming on TV, uh, streaming or on TV, there are a lot of people that are in this in this before. And you Google it, you can see all the names. So it's not just the ones that you see on uh, before WrestleMania. This has been around for a while. Um, anyway, uh, Ted Bow uh, Bo eighty eight. Are you watching Celebrity Big Brother? No, I'm not. I'm not. I don't. I don't care about the um, the Celebrity Big Brothers. I don't because they're they're not real people. Okay, they're they're celebrities or quasi B list celebrities uh, or people looking to just get some airtime. Um, they're not real people. 
they're, they're not they're, they're portraying characters they're they're trying to get work they're trying to stay in the public eye I, I, i'm a lot of these younger kids that we've seen over the years on big brother they have they're obviously a lot of them looking for tv time too but they're people we don't know so it's raw you know it's organic i don't feel there's an agenda there you know what i mean where i'm looking at people that are not in the public eye as much as they were on it i don't care about it i don't and i know the rules are different too on it you know I actually know someone that was in this last one without naming names, so so I personally know the, one of the people, um, and it's not who you think. So, uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I, I don't I don't care about it. I mean, I don't. I mean, um, all right. Now, Daletto seventy nine. Are you a fan of the championship title straps that the WWE has? Okay, I really liked it before all the split titles. I hope Becky Lynch beats Ronda and then beats Asuka and combines both championships. I think it waters down being champ. What are your thoughts? Okay, good question. Please don't come at me with the word straps. And, and guys, look, if you could just, like, I, I know I'm a little old school sometimes, but, like, I, I you know what, you know what, I, I, you know, it's like, I, I, I it, it kind of, you know. It's a little annoying, you know, like some of the inside terms. I, you know, I know it's old school by me. I don't give a shit if it bothers you, but I'm just telling you. you know, so for those that don't know, straps are championship belts and titles. It's a belt. That's what he's talking about. So it's inside Jones. I got it. It's a good question he asked. Very good question. That's why it was chose. But but like the straps thing and a lot of these inside things, you know, it's. I don't want to get to a point where we're not grabbing ones that are using like too many inside terms. It's just... I know I use a ton of inside terms here, and I'm just old school. I know it sounds like a double standard. Well, then it is. It's like I I, I was just I was talking to someone without getting into too much details recently about this, and and I'm gonna go off. I'm gonna pause your question for a minute, and uh, Mister Deletto here. I will answer it in a second. But so <clears throat> I came up in the business, you know, in in the mid to late '80s. That's when I broke in. And when I broke into business, like we were kind of, that generation was, it was still a vibe and a feel strongly that it was an honor, a badge of honor to be a professional wrestler. And there was a certain fraternity. And it, that's just how it was. And that's how I was taught. That's how I still. Wish it was I know it's not because time changes things um, So I get sometimes I do get old school where You know I, I it, it, this, Sometimes it like annoys me you know Because like I, I, I didn't I didn't learn inside Terms from my trainer Johnny Rods you know he made us learn it On the road I didn't know Stuff and I talked about that years ago Here I I didn't know what certain words meant. I didn't know what I, we, he never taught us because we had to earn that. We had to learn it. So we made ourselves at times in locker rooms, us younger guys, when we came up, we didn't know certain things. You know, I mean, I, I you know, <laughs> so we had to earn it. But yet fans can just read something online, a list that's been around for years. And people read these things online, all these inside terms, and they come at someone like me and just spit these words at me. And it kind of, sometimes I'm, I don't get mad about it. Sometimes I get like a little annoyed about it. Right now it's annoying me. Um, <laughs> just being honest, I'm going to answer your question, dude. But like, I know you didn't mean no, no, nothing by it. I'm not coming at you personally. I'm just saying it just, it just tweaked me to think that way, you know? Um, but back then it was, it there was a, there was a certain, 
you know, I'm not saying that the guys and girls, they don't have a certain pride. They do have a pride. There is still a fraternity to a degree. I, I, I feel that, you know, I feel, I believe in that. I should say that they do, but I don't know, man. I just, for me, I'm a little old school. At times I, f- I come off more old school because I think certain ways and I, I remember certain things and I don't know. It just, I, I just don't feel that. You know, I I I don't. I, I know I went through a lot when I was younger, coming up, and I earned my stripes, and a lot of us did back then. So that's why. So when I see fans say certain inside terms, it does, it does, it does. I don't see I'm sitting here throwing stuff at a wall. I'm not like that mad. I'm not insane, but you know, <laughs> but it does. You know, it does take me off a little bit. Seriously, it does. Um, now back to your question. So. Okay, so your question as an overview was about, you know, championship titles and uh, that you would like to see, you know, Becky beat Ronda and then she beats Asuka and then combines like it was years ago. Um, That's what you like uh, and Daletto 79. Okay, I get what you're saying, dude. That's how it was back in the day for sure. As we know, a lot of promotions, that's how it currently is. There's one champion for each division, whatever. You know, whatever, cruiserweight champ, a women's champ, a male champ, you know, uh, maybe there's a a secondary title for the men, a U.S. title, whatever, or an intercontinental, whatever. You know, I I got it. One set of tag team titles. I understand. Yeah, I came up that way. A lot of you fans seen it that way. I'm fine with the way it is now. I don't think they can or should go back. It makes them look like they're second guessing themselves. They've built these two titles, built t- double titles for each brand, for or all brands: NXT, uh, 205, you know, SmackDown, Raw. You, I don't think you should turn back. You can do it, but you kind of look like an idiot as a promotion if you do it. I don't think they should do it. I don't have a problem with as much as you do, dude, and that's fine. Um, I, I don't. I think it's okay. Uh, I've, I know what they're giving us, and I've learned to uh, enjoy it, and understand that they have multiple champions. I also think it helps get more people over. They have a very big roster as an overview, a contracted roster. Okay, so that gets more people over because there's more titles. That helps a lot. All right, Pete Westmoreland, 17. I'm sure you recall a tough schedule of Raw and SmackDown and house shows back in the day. If given a choice, would you have given up house show money uh, and being off weekends? No. That's where you make money. <laughs> That's where your real money's made for the most time. Most part is the house shows. No, no. Yeah, it would be nice to be off the weekends, but, you know, the house shows is where you're making your money. You know what I'm saying? That's That was usually the, the deal. So, uh so that's it. Yeah, I'm gonna get into the uh, get into right now uh, Facebook questions. But uh, told you, I knew it was gonna be a packed show. Time for a water break, kids. Give me a second here, just pouring it out. Lot going on here. Lot going on on the Tash Show. I mean, it's this is what we do. This is what we do, as the kids say. Right? This is what we do. Fucking stupid saying. No, else is a stupid saying. Shots fired. My 
fucking hate that. Shots fired. You see that on Twitter, Instagram. Oh, wow, he took a shot at him. Shots fired. Shut the fuck up with the shots fired. Fucking break. Shots fired. Kiss my ass. Anyway, um, no one said shot fired anywhere on my Twitter or Instagram any times lately, but I just figured I'd bring that up. I don't know why I had an outburst like that, but as you know, these things happen. I get irascible. Ooh, that's an old school Tasho word. Irascibility. Yes. I think that's when the captain was one of the producers out of all of the many multitude of non-stop insane amount of producers that I've had on my show. Now I just roll with crime Brian behind the scenes, bro. He is the man. All right, so um there's a lot uh there's there's a there's a lot of questions you guys have given on Facebook also. So I'm I'm gonna try to get to the ones we polled. I, I think I can get to all of them. We're rolling over an hour here. This is a big podcast. So all right, Craig Michael John Thu. Long ass name. Hey Taz. Hope you're doing well. With the whole thing with Dean apparently leaving WWE, uh, would it or could it be used to turn him back to be a big happy jack again? <laughs> See, there you go. He used an inside term. That's not inside term. He means a good guy, for those that don't know. That's markology. That was a language we created for you, the fans, instead of saying entire term. So Happy Jack was a baby face, which is a good guy. <laughs> he used to be a Happy Jack at the WWE live event over the weekend. Oh, wait. He was used as a Happy Jack at a WWE live event over the weekend. Uh, this is what Craig Michael John Thu said about um, Dean Ambrose. I do think if if they ended up making him a baby face, I do think that um, – and that could happen. If he's going to be completely disgruntled and they're going to build him quasi how ECW built my character in ECW or WWE built Steve Austin, you know, if he's going to be like that disgruntled type guy – where everybody knows he's going to be fired anyway. He's not, not fired. He's going to leave the company anyway because he gave notice more or less. Uh, he could quasi end up being a babyface. So I'm not surprised if you're saying at the live event over the weekend he was a good guy, you know. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if Triple H would want that, uh, especially if he's doing something with him. I mean, so I, I don't know. Um it's a good question. That's why anything that I've done here in this task on this episode, anything with Dean Ambrose, I'm not giving you full answers because I'm being blunt with you. I need to see more. I, I'm not running to a, a fucking payphone like a lot of these guys are. Like, hey, so what's the news on uh, Ambrose? What, what, so what are, what are they doing with him? What they say in the writers' room? Like what? Like what Stephanie saying? Like what? Like so? What do you got? Like what is Vince thinking? Like what is like Hunter thinking? Like what? Like the did Kevin Dunn have an input on it? Like, like what? Like that's not what I do, guys. I say it every fucking episode. You know why I say it every episode? Because it's true and because I want to. Kevin Swan, Facebook. Morning, Taz. Okay, well, maybe it's evening. Uh, I was wondering, what are your thoughts uh, on the current U.S. title situation? Should R-Truth be champion? Personally, I like it, but the whole thing around it is kind of strange. and comes back to to Nia again. Well, as far as R-Truth, I know he got hot about the way he was attacked at the last big pay-per-view that Royal Rumble from Nia, and he was furious. They had to hold him back backstage. I, I do know that. I've heard that, and I talked to people about it, and... 
you know, uh, you guys read a lot of that too. So that that seemed pretty legit. But the other thing is, like, I saw the all truth thing. I was shocked. The finish was very intriguing. With uh, with Shinsuke, the way it was done, I mean, really looked like Shoot Jones. They did a great job. I think it was Mike Kyoto, the great Mike Kyoto as the ref. Um, you're taught that as a ref there, if a guy don't kick out, pin him. You know, I've talked about that a long time ago here. They had me wondering, well, what's going on here? But then when they had Rusev come out and then he got beat too, then I knew the whole thing, the whole thing totally was a works. I wouldn't have went that route. I would have just ended it with with all truth winning there. I wouldn't have done the I would not have done the thing there with the uh with the big uh Rusev. Um you know, so that's my thoughts on it. I, I got no problem with R-Truth being champ. I wouldn't keep it on him right now long. I'd get it off from kind of on the quicker side. I would have did it just like a fluke thing. He don't need it. R-Truth don't need that title. You know, he just, he doesn't. That's not who he is. Like, his character is, just, that's it. He's a character, like, and he's he's kind of in the twilight of his career. He's great. He looks great. Always looks great. Great guy. I've worked with him. Uh, really good guy. I'm not knocking the guy, but I'm just saying, like, uh, I think people were shocked. I'm happy for him personally because yeah, the guy works really hard. He's been there a lot of years. He's very loyal. So I think it's, you know, I, I, think, I think that part of it's cool. Uh, so I'm happy for him uh, for sure. Marcus uh, Grayskull, hey, Taz, uh, why can some wrestlers keep their name and some have to change them? And why get uh, and why get some of them such stupid names like Cassius Ono? Uh, yeah, yeah, and yes. Uh, hashtag Taz knows everything. Thank you, Marcus Grayskull. You have a great name, if that is your real name, Grayskull. Uh, regardless, okay, the name thing works. Like, by the way, Cassius Ono is a, a silly ass name. I agree. It's just like goofy. All right, so here's the thing like the name thing. So if you want to use your real name, uh, as long as they feel it's a marketable name, you can use it. That's your choice. Um, I, you know, that's how it always was when I was there. You know what I mean? That's how it always was. Um, I, I, that's how I understand the way it's just been. The name thing is usually a collective thing with you in the office, you and the bosses. So, like, I was Taz. I was always Taz. They, I, and that was one of my concerns. They're going to try and change my name. And then when I met with Vince and, uh, and then I met with, I think it was, I'm trying to remember what the hell was. I think it was Kevin Dunn after. I can't remember. And they said they were going to add a Z on it, you know, and they, they didn't tell me we have to do this. They just said we're strongly suggesting that uh, you embrace this because legally this is what we have to do. Like right now we feel it protects us the most to have two Zs for your name and not one Z. And I... I was fine with it. I mean, I, I, I liked I thought I like it the way it is with one Z, but you know, that's fine. I'm not gonna die in a hill of one Z. And we all laughed and that was it. That was really that quick of a conversation. So um, you know, I I I think that if you really want to use your own name uh, and you're firm on that, or let if you're established already with your name, you know, they'll let you use it. I think for any of the brand new people coming in, they prefer not to have you use your real name. It's because they want to own it. So when you sign a contract, right? This is real. Like again, this is how I help other people fucking do content, right? So when you this is when you sign a contract with a team, a pro sports team or WWE, the company, as soon as you sign, they know you're in. They're thinking of what happens. How does it go down when he or she's gone? That's what they think about. 
where you the talent, you don't think you think of all the great stuff that's going to happen. Oh man, I hope this happens. All the money I'm going to make. Oh, this is great. But what they think is, okay, we're going to make money with this guy, but what's going to happen when he quits or we fire him? I know it sounds negative and pessimistic, but it's true. They need to know the exit plan, and that name is important because if it's your real name and you leave, you keep your name. Unless you have language in the agreement that says when you leave, you get to keep that name, which is tough to do. Now, I had to keep TAZ because it was my IP, my intellectual property. I came in with the name. So I made sure that language is in my contract. So that's some insight in how the name thing works. But, yeah, there's a lot to it. Um, you know, there is. Um what we got here? All right, we got uh, la 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 Dave Foster. How much input does a wrestler have over their merchandise in WWE? Do you have any say over any Taz shirts, with two Z's, <laughs> toys, etc.? <clears throat> yeah, uh, well, not not all of the. Not to explain. With the T-shirts and stuff with logos and yeah, I did. I when I had language in my contract for that because I was designing all the ECW stuff and all my own stuff, so I wanted to design my WWF and WWE stuff. And Vince McMahon was totally fine with that, and they connected me with one of their great artists there, and I became friends with the guy, and always dealt with that person. And it was a collab collaboration of me and him coming up with different stuff. That's how that was done. I've seen a lot of wrestlers in WWE do the same thing, like John Cena and stuff like that. Heavily involved Steve Austin, heavily involved with all this stuff. Yeah, they want you involved with designing your merchandise. The toys, a little bit. Um, any stuff outside of like other merchandise, like that's sold through a third party. No, you really don't have nothing. It's your the WWE licenses your names for the wrestlers, and you're under contract, so they can just license your fucking name. It's kind of. <laughs> You make a little money on it It's kind of shitty to be honest But as far as the t-shirts That's a that's a deal with WWE And you make money on that Yeah, no, they're, they're great with that they, they want you to help design Because you know your character So yeah, you have a lot of input in that At least I did And other guys that were around me I saw did If you don't want to If you're not a creative person um, You could definitely, you know uh, let them do it and they have enough artists and creative people that can do it gareth eastman on the facebook here uh if you had to choose one former ecw star for wwe hall of fame who would you pick and why yourself excluded tell mrs taz to put away the orange dress yes i get it uh as always keep up the stellar work all right gareth appreciate it yeah you know i mean there's several i i definitely think van Dam. um is a guy that I, I think will eventually be a Hall of Famer, and I'd have no problem if they put him in this year. He's great. He's had a great career. He still looks great. He still works. He's still he's built a great brand. He's done, you know, a lot of great stuff in the business, and not just ECW. His great work in WWE as a wrestler too. So uh, TNA, everything, it's just all over the world. So. Uh, you know, and I've had Rob on the Taz show a couple times for sure, and and maybe we'll, we'll drop some of those down the road if you didn't hear them, like repurpose type thing. But yeah, I would say Van Dam uh, for sure. I think um, he'd be the first guy off the top of my head. I'd, I'd have no problem. Obviously, I, I don't you know Bam Bam Bigelow. Obviously, I think would be in the Hall of Fame, and there's a lot of scuttlebutt he's going to go in. 
uh, and he should. And I and I talked about him a lot. It's not just his ECW work; he's done his great work in WWF too. So and in, in the business, you know, it's, there's a there's several other ECW guys. I think Sabu's another name that you could put in there. Paul Heyman, I think for sure for his work as the guy was the creative behind everything ECW. But I, I, as long as Paul Heyman, in my opinion, is on TV and part of working in the company and and pulling in a paycheck for the company, I don't think they're going to put him in it. Um, he deserves it, but I don't, you know, I don't think they're going to put him in it. Um, so that's the deal. But yeah, and I appreciate it, Gareth. Thank you so much for sure. Uh, Philip Towsey, uh, with AEW starting to gain some momentum, what do you see for the foreseeable future? And do you think you would ever do commentary for them? Well, thanks for the question, Phil. First off, I got to ask you, man, like, you know, kind of a rhetorical question here, but I, you know, I don't understand, like, I'm a little confused on AEW starting to gain momentum. I mean, I, I I get what you're saying, but I don't get what you're saying. So it kind of sounds weird, right? Like, because they, you know, I've unless there's a TV deal announced, I haven't seen one yet. I'm sure they will announce one eventually. They, they've signed some names for sure. They had a, a cool press conference in Jacksonville and all that stuff and, and all that jazz. I don't, you know, so I think right now for me, they're, they're behind the scenes building something. Um, so I wouldn't say gaining momentum and maybe I'm being picky here and, and, but I don't think they're gaining momentum. I, I think they got some good talent lined up. I think that maybe behind the scenes, they're gaining momentum. We wouldn't know that like stuff that's privately happening internally. Um, would I do commentary for them? I, I, I Listen, all the people involved, what they're doing, I respect and I like, and I like what they, they're, they're trying to do, and I think they're going to do great. Would I, would I be interested in that? Yeah, it would be intriguing to me. I, as long as my schedule works and, I, and they would want me uh, and, and they could, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I would be intrigued by it. Um, I don't think that'll happen. I just don't. Um, I think they'll just go a different route, uh, and that's fine. I'm, I'm a very outspoken guy. And I'm a busy guy, and people know that. Uh, people in the business know that. I've been busy since I left TNA, so I'm 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 busy doing a lot of things, and I'm not fucking being an asshole. I'm being honest. Uh, but I respect what AEW, what these guys are doing, what Cody and the Bucks are doing, I, I, and all the guys involved there, and the, the guys that are signed that we know to the deals, and uh, some of the people working behind the scenes. I've put them over a lot, um, but I don't. I I don't. I, I, if they, if they ever talk to me about commentary, which could happen, I don't know. You, you, you don't ask me. You got to ask them. <laughs> You're asking the wrong guy. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, it, it, it's tough. It's that's really all I could say. I mean, I really can't get deeper into it because I don't. There's not much more to say. Um, have they asked me? No, they have not. So, you know, it's 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 you know. So that's really it. Um, Corey Craig, what if Triple H pedigreed Renee Young on Raw acting like he's giving her uh, an award or to ask her about a future? Triple H to Dean, in quotes. So you're leaving Dean, but your wife is staying here. Um, and then, uh, you know, setting up a mania match between uh, to uh, Renee begs him to stay, meaning uh, Dean Ambrose. Yeah, I, I you know I, I appreciate you posing this creative concept. I don't think this would happen on a lot of levels. I don't think Triple H is going to give a female a pedigree. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. 
um, if she gets a pedigree, she's got to be gone like for a, like a while. Um, I don't think they'll do that because of the man on woman violence either, especially that she's she's not Nia Jax, and not that this should be a difference because Nia Jax is a female. You guys know my thoughts on intergender wrestling. I'm not a fan of it at all, but I don't think that they'll do that part. Uh, I don't think they'll. It makes WWE. Look really bad to do your idea, Corey, because Triple H is a big time front office boss. Everybody knows that. They don't hide it, they flaunt it. So now WWE, that's Triple H, is basically, you know, saying, we're going to make your, in character, your life, your wife's life a living hell because you're deciding to leave. You're telling the fan base in storyline, we, the WWE, we are not good people. We are scumbags, and we're going to make your wife feel like crap at work because you're leaving. WWE's not doing that, bro. Appreciate what you said, but I'm just letting you know. like that. that I'm just giving you the insight of why why they wouldn't do that. So, um, you know, so, so that's the deal. Uh, what else we got? Jeez, it's, just, it's, it's a never-ending deal here. We just, just not stop, um, you know. Last one, Jason Ardman. Are wrestlers that are not in the main event ever told not to steal a show? No, sir. I've never heard that. I don't think that's a good idea. I have heard and seen and seen stuff written in the gorilla position and where you can't do certain moves and because it could affect the matches later on. Like if there's going to be... You know, a finish in a main event at the end of the night that involves uh, whatever a steel chair. They might say, "Hey, listen, nobody else use steel chairs tonight. We want to build this thing in a main event." That I've seen, but nothing like, "Hey, don't go steal the show." You know that that I've never seen or heard. So just so you know, guys, listen. I appreciate all the questions on Instagram at which is at Taz Talk. Thanks for getting me to 10k. I appreciate it. <laughs> and all the questions that you put up there on the Facebook uh, at Facebook. Dot com slash Atasho. Thank you. And uh, I'll get at you during the week here with some more content. Spread the word of the show. Subscribe to the show. Okay, don't be an asshole. I love you guys. You know that. All right, I'm Taz. You're not. Adios. In the days of my space and screen names back then when I was only worried about my top friends. Now my circle is getting smaller. All these people acting fake, man. And to be honest, I don't even have a top 10. Me against the world. I've been doing what I really love. Haters been hiding behind the screen, man. They movie cuts. And when I'm back at home, it never feels the same. Cause we've been doing our own thing. Trying to stay up. I want to go back.